0: Greetings and salutations, it's your boy, there's D, welcome to the D.D. Fuego Show. You know you like that intro. It's a good day, it's a wonderful time to be alive if you're new here and you don't know what Fuego means, you don't know what it means, I'm going to tell you what it means. It means fire. That's all it really means is fire. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for stopping by once again. Hopefully you guys enjoy the show. But what you guys can do for me, you want to know what you guys can do for me? Here's what you can do. You can subscribe to this podcast, whether it be on iTunes, whether it be on Google Play, or whether it be on the Anchor app, make sure you subscribe. Also, share this on your social media platforms. Uh, help your boy DD out so I can produce content for you guys. On this episode, we're going to take it to my next series called My Top 5, where I talk about the top five things that I like or people that I like in any category. Now, today's topic is going to be on boxing. So we're going to talk about the top top five boxers that I like to watch or that I like to watch. So these are the top five, and this is a new series. Hopefully you guys like it. I'm trying to post at least twice a week if I can do that. And it's just a pleasure. It is such an honor to do this as well. But before we do that, as we customarily do here, We do the word of the day. Now, I'm only going to do the word of the day on one episode. I'm not going to do it on all the episodes, but I'm going to do it today. And being that today is May 31st, 2018, the word of the day is chastise. The word of the day is chastise. Chastise is a verb, okay? It's a verb, and what it means is to inflict punishment on. So it could be by whipping, beating, whatever, but that's what chastise means. Also, from a biblical perspective, it kind of means to correct. So it's positive punishment, I would say. So chastise, put that in your daily vernacular. Put that in your mental lexicon. Grow as a person. Share the word of the day. Make sure you use it. Add it, grow, and make the world a better place, make people more intelligent, because sometimes I find that intelligence is considered an understatement in today's day, and we really need to educate people. And education, like I said, or like Mark Twain would put it, is beyond. I do not let, he says this, I do not let my schooling get in the way of um, of my education. Education far exceeds the confines of the Schooling Institute, it far exceeds that. It's bigger than that. It's everyday life. Every day you should learn at least one new thing. So this is the DD Fuego show. We're talking about my top five favorite boxers. Don't go anywhere. Please listen to the show. All right? I am the greatest. You guys know who says that a lot or who said that a lot. Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr., also known as, or formerly known as Muhammad Ali, after he went to the Nation of Islam. Now, Muhammad Ali, as a kid, when I was a kid, I was very intrigued by his charisma, by his boxing ability. If you study boxing, you would know that his style was very unorthodox, in the sense that you're not supposed to pull your head back when you're defending punches, dancing around the ring. That was very uncommon. That's why a lot of his opponents got frustrated in the ring because he was moving around a lot. He was one of the fastest heavyweight that the world has ever seen, and he brought a new style of boxing. He has this thing called snake licking where he would flick his wrist, so it would be like a flick jab, and then he'll go with like one, two, three, flick, and then he'll switch with a straight, fast jab to the face. If you don't know what I'm talking about, (laughs) does your internet works? If your internet works, you can find it out by using that, right? He was born in Louisville, Kentucky, at a certain point in time where there was still segregation. A story that really hit me and touched me is when he went, because he would have been my age, right? So he went overseas to go to the Olympics, right? And he won gold. And then he was a proud patriot. But when he came home and he went to a restaurant, they didn't serve him because he was black. And what he did was he took off, his, he ran to the um, Kentucky Bridge. He took off his gold medallion that he just won. And he threw it over the bridge because he's like, if I can't even get food in my own country, then why would I keep this to remind me how oppressive I am? And we all know what he did in regards to the Vietnam War, avoiding the draft, which shows character. And they've suspended his boxing license and so on and so forth. One of the best fights that he had, which gave him the fame he did, was the Sonny Liston fight because he was an underdog in that fight. And most people thought he was going to lose. Some people said he was going to die because at that time, Sonny Liston was one of the biggest, baddest people on the planet in regards to boxing, it was rumored that he would kill people with his bare hands in prison. So that's how serious it was. It doesn't look as bad now because we've seen the result, but he was a very dangerous guy, and Ali was not afraid to get out of his comfort zone and to bring a sense where he could show that he's able to fight him and he's able to overcome this Goliath that he had to face in order to become heavyweight champ. I also like about Ali is that he would predict the fights, he was a prophet and his poetic genius. And outside the ring, he was very intelligent, very smart. He could talk to David Frost and do all these things, and do all these interviews. He's very intelligent and a wise person in his youth and going upward. He had a lot of good thoughts and he was very welcoming and open. So that's what I like about Ali, also known as Cassius Clay. He has enumerated, like, a lot of uh, nicknames. One of them is the greatest, the people's champ, the Louisville lip, and the king of boxing. So he obviously was a man of the people. He always fought for the people. He was a friend of Malcolm X as well, and he just a person that everybody wanted to hang around with because of his energy, and he just did so much for the world. So let's look at his boxing record. His boxing record is he had a total sixty-one fights. He won fifty-six of them, and then he won thirty-seven of them by knockout. And he lost only a whopping five losses. Like I said, his weight class was a heavyweight. He was six foot three. And he had a pretty good reach in seventy-eight, um, seventy-eight inches, and his stance, so how he would stand in the ring, would be orthodox, which is a very common. One, and then his accolades. I would say, yeah, it was 1960 Rome. He was a light heavyweight champion for the Olympic Games in that time. So like. He was good at that. Very good at trash talking. And what I like about his trash talking, it wasn't just him, like, cussing and doing all that stuff. He used poems to diss them. He would get in his opponent's head, psychological warfare. He would do gimmicks, like, showing up at Sonny Liston's house and stuff like that and, like, calling them bums and making riddles and rhymes and stuff like that just to try to get in their head. That's why I like Muhammad Ali and his character. What he said... To me, which is very important, is he said that he would never want to intentionally hurt his opponent in the sense that he wouldn't want to beat him up to a pulp. He just wanted to beat them to win because he realizes that they have families to go home to. And at the end of the day, this is just a job for them. It's a career. And he wants his opponents to last long and have a long career. And he doesn't want them to go home all bloodied up, all messed up. Because they have families to feed and they don't want he doesn't want their children to see their father like that or his or their wives to see their husbands like that. So I respect it because he was just doing it for the name of the game. The one thing I didn't like is that the punishment that he took in the ring, he would allow his opponent, opponents later on in his career to hit him too much till they get tired. So I didn't really agree with that point of it. But man, Ali was. Simply one of the greatest boxers we have ever seen. And the reason why they call him the greatest is not just because of his skills and in the ring. It's what he did outside of it. There's not, There hasn't been a boxer since that has filled the void of boxing like that. You can say Floyd, yes. You can say Mike. But just a person, even though, to be honest, we love him now. But at that time in his life, most people didn't really like him. They thought he was too pompous, and they didn't like the whole Muslim movement led by uh, the honorable honorable Elijah Muhammad. But that's neither here nor there. Later on, they learned to love Ali because of what he can contribute, what he contributed to society, what he was trying to do to help other people. He had so many good fights, the German, the George Norman fight, George Foreman. Sorry, why did I say Norman, man? The George Foreman fight. That was another great one, and that was called the rubble in the jungle. And then he had the thriller in Manila. That was my favorite one. Um, with when he faced Joe Frazier, and like the fight of the century was one was the one that I was talking about earlier in regards to Liston, the first one. But I would personally say one of his best fights was, again, Henry Cooper. Most people don't know that fight they never heard of it. That was a good one. And the one where he beat Floyd Patterson. That was another good one. I think he actually won the heavyweight championship a whopping three times. Yeah, yeah. I think he won it three times. Three or five times. But, man, I'm telling you, Ali... One of the greatest in the whole century of the 20th century. I think he actually won athlete of the century when he was still alive. And he honestly, he earned it because he was so selfless. And he's one of my favorite boxers of all times. I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. I want to rip your heart out. I want to eat your children. How dare you challenge me with your primitive skills? If you didn't know who that was, that was my boy Mike Tyson. Okay, Mike Tyson is one of my favorite. One of my favorite boxers of all time. I know people don't really like him because of all the controversies that he had in his life. But you have to really understand that Mike Tyson had a harder life than the average person in his upbringing and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into that. Actually, there is a documentary on him on Netflix. If you have a Netflix account, you can check it out. It should be available on YouTube as well. I'm not sure if they're coming up with a movie with him, but trust me, when you understand his life and where he's coming from, you probably have more mercy on him than you do if you just read the media or look at the media or listen to the media in general. One of his nicknames is... Kid Dynamite or Iron because when he's introduced, he's usually known as Iron Mike Tyson because of his left hook and his right hook, his KO punch, basically. He's also known as the baddest man on the planet at that time because we know he bit off Evander Holyfield's ear, which was uh not the best thing that he would have could have done in his lifetime. But we have to understand, Mike Tyson has, since Ali, there hasn't been a guy or there wasn't a guy that brought the light to boxing. When Mike Tyson came on the scene, that's when people started watching boxing a lot more, and also with the likes of Evander Holyfield and Roy Jones and all these other guys, as well as Bernard Hopkins, but... With Tyson, he brought that energy where you have to literally keep your eyes glued to the TV because if you didn't, you would miss the knockout punch. And let me read some of his boxing records for you. He had a total 58 fights, four, uh, 50 wins, 44 wins by knockout. He only lost six times, and then he had no con- two known contests because of the incident with... Uh, Evander. But you have to understand, his punch-out power, his knockout power, was ridiculous. And he was so quick for a heavyweight. I think he was faster than Ali. And the way he would move in the ring, you have to really watch his uh, highlight reel. But if you see how he moved in the ring, he would always cut off his defender's break the distance so that they couldn't go anywhere. And he was just so fast. And, like, he's fast and he can punch as hard. So imagine this. He's punching as hard as Sonny Liston or a George Foreman. Maybe not at Ernie Shavers, but that's neither here nor there. He has that punching power, but he has the quickness as uh, Floyd Mayweather or uh, Ollie. so that's how fast this guy was, and the thing is, he was also very short. He was at five ten, which doesn't mean he has a, which means he doesn't have a lot of reach. His reach is only seventy one inches, so he has to cut down the distance. So he can't just like jab, jab. He has to cut in and then hit. He always worked the body, so he would always punch the body first until he can get a clean headshot knockout. So. Mike Tyson, yes, he has issues, or he had issues, but if you move that aside, we can talk about boxing only. He's one of the best boxers that the world has ever seen. Like, you don't understand how sick that guy was. He said that, like, he was, he said that in the locker room, he was scared, but every time he came closer to the ring, the more confidence he had to the point where he was in the ring, he felt he was untouchable and that he would try to punch. When he would punch somebody, he would imagine himself punching his fist through their skull. So this is one of the guys that you don't want to mess with. A lot of the people that he fought, they already lost mentally. It's the same concept as... Muhammad Ali, they get them psychologically first, and then they finish the job after. So that is why Mike Tyson is one of my favorite boxers. Floyd Money Mayweather. Yo, this guy's crazy. Like, man, if you guys watch boxing a lot, you would know how ridiculous Floyd Money Mayweather Jr. is. He's one of the best boxers, point blank, period. I think he's better than Muhammad Ali. I think he actually, I actually really, 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 really think that he's better than Muhammad Ali. A lot of people don't think that he's the greatest because of his attitude and that he's really provocative. His lifestyle is too flashy. But if you take that aside and just focus on boxing, I think he's the best pound for pound boxer in the world. Point blank. period. Dead or alive, I think he's the best. I think he's better than Sugar Ray Leonard and Sugar Ray Robertson. Some people disagree, but, you know, I still think he's the best. But going back to Mike Tyson one more time, his stance was also orthodox. I forgot to mention that. So, But going forward, talking about Floyd Money Mayweather, his nicknames? His first nickname when he came into the boxing world professionally was Pretty Boy Floyd. And then he changed it to Floyd Money Mayweather. He fought in five different weight classes. He was a super featherweight, a lightweight, a light welterweight, a welterweight, and a light middleweight. And in every single one of those categories, guess what? He won. He was a championship champion in each one of those. He's only 5 foot 8. His reach is 72 inches. And he was trained by his father and uh, as well as his uncle. So because they're they're a boxing family, so he was trained by them. His stance is also orthodox. And let's look at his record. Just just let's, let's look at his record. 50 total fights, 50 wins. 27 by knockout, zero losses. That shows you right there that he's a man to be not to be toyed with, not to be played with. The only thing that he didn't get was at the Atlanta Olympics. He didn't get a gold medal because of bad judgment. Like bad judging. The judges didn't tally it properly, so they ended up giving him a bronze. So it was a very bad thing. But that's neither here nor there. I really he's the highest paid, I would say, athlete of all time. Up there with Cristiano Ronaldo, I think got paid more than him. Like pulling down a hundred million in one night. Let's not take that like even if you were to lose, you would still get a hundred million. When he wins he gets like over two hundred, three hundred million dollars. So he's I think by the end of his career, he hit over like a billion, I think, of pay-per-views. So he's beat out all of those guys. He's beat out Mike Tyson's pay-per-views, Evander Holyfield's, Oscar De La Hoya, and Pacquiao, all these guys. His style is so sick in the sense that his he's such a good defensive fighter where it's almost annoying to watch because it's like those guys can't even touch him if, even if they wanted to he'll just slip them and then he'll slip and then he'll hit you with a counter punch slip counter punch slip counter punch and it's just like man it's just is you have to really watch it to understand how fast this guy is and how much times he avoids punches And that's the thing. He took the least amount of punishment, made the most amount of money, and never lost. He never lost. People say that he's not a good person, but we're not talking about character today. We're talking about his skills, his skill set. Trust me. Believe me. Boy, Money Mayweather is one of the best boxers, if not the best. I think he's the best. But it's up for you to decide and make your own judgments. But me, personally, I believe that Floyd Money Mayweather is the best boxer to ever walk on the face of the earth until somebody else comes after him and beats his record. He's just incredible to watch. I kind of miss him in the sport of boxing, but he can't do it forever. He has to take care of his family and do those certain stuff. But he's also looking at other fighters coming up and he's training them and he's helping them and molding them. And he has his own boxing promotions and all that stuff. So he's done a lot of things successfully coming from a guy who didn't graduate high school or anything. And he focused on his craft and he doubled down. Going back to what I was saying the other day about his gift, he's gifted in boxing and he focused on it and look where it got him. So Floyd Money Mayweather is one of the guys that I look up to, one of the guys that I admire. And, man, I'm just telling you, that dude is just ridiculous with his hand speed as well. So Floyd Money Mayweather, one of the best. I think he's the best. He's the GOAT. It's up to you to decide, but trust me. That dude's lethal. The next person I'm going to talk about is probably one of the Most, I would believe, the most underrated boxers and fighters of his lifetime. I mentioned him in a part in a segment earlier, but now you're going to know who he is. Evander Holyfield, also known as the real deal, Holyfield, and also known as the warrior. This guy, honestly, I looked up to him because he's a very classy individual. As well. And he's a really good fighter. He's under... I wouldn't say he's undersized. He's pretty... He's, yeah, he's well-sized. His reach is really good, though. Uh I'm going to just break it down for you one time. So, in the weight classes that he was in, he was a light heavyweight, a cruiserweight, and a heavyweight. So, he's fought in three different weight classes. I think Tyson only fought in one. But he dominated that one, so it doesn't matter. But... He won. I think he's been the heavyweight champion as well as the light heavyweight champion. Evander has been. And he, I don't know. Yeah, he beat Buster Douglas after Mike Tyson fell from Buster Douglas. But Mike Tyson, he was a heavyweight champion from, like, the late 80s till Buster Douglas. I would say, like, 88 to, like, 91. Or ninety, sorry. So that was, and to go that long with the t- title, that's pretty good for him. But listen, Evander has his accolades as well. So he was a WBA champion, the WBC champion, the IBF champion. All these things from nineteen ninety to ninety two. He was WBA and F, no IBF um from 93 to 94 he was WBA from 96 to 99 and then from 97 to 99 it was IBF again and then from WW from WBA he was 2000 and 2001 so overall he was a four time champ I think Tyson was only two no I think Tyson was either two or three, but this is to show you it's because of Tyson's personification of boxing and because of his persona in general, it kind of overshadowed Holyfield's talent sometimes. And people don't really understand how good he actually was. He was stood at 6'2 and a half. He was around he had a reach of seventy seven and a half inches. His stance was on his stance with orthodox as well. He had a fifty seven total fights, forty four wins twenty nine by knockout, ten losses, two draws and one no contest, which was the Tyson fight. So that is what I like. To see, And also, he came bronze in light heavyweight in the LA Olympics in 84. And then the Pan Am Games in 1983, he came silver in the light heavyweight class. So to find in more than one weight class is very hard because you have to maneuver your weight. And it can be very difficult to do that task. So that's why I attribute him and Floyd as one of the best because they fought in one they didn't fight in just in one weight class. They had more than one weight class. So they had to maneuver the weight and gain weight and then handle that weight and carry that weight into those matches. And it's not that and Holyfield was fighting the some of the best boxers. Like I believe he fought Lennox Lewis. He also fought Mike Tyson himself. He fought George Foreman, Larry Holmes, Riddick Bowe. Riddick Bowe, listen, the Riddick Bowe fights that he had, I think he had three of them. Those were good bouts. Those were good matches. The, but back, I think he fought them three times. But they had three fights together. Yeah, three fights together. The Riddick Bowe and Holyfield fights were amazing. You guys should really just look at the highlights and stuff like that. You'll notice one of the clips the a skydiver falls into the ring, so it got called off I think, so that is why so that that sorry that match got called off because of that. It's a clip that most people have seen before, but besides that, his bouts with Verdict Bow was one of the best fights. That ever happened in boxing since, like, Ali and Frazier or Ali and Foreman. That's, it's comparable to that, I would say. So make sure you guys go check that fight out if you can. Riddick Bow versus Evander Holyfield. Just look at the highlights and watch the full match if you're not that into boxing. But it's such an amazing person to see even though like he's also very welcoming as a person because even though Tyson bit off his ear a piece of his ear he was still opening to forgive Tyson for what he did and be friends afterwards so Evander Holyfield the real deal Holyfield trust me one of the best boxers to ever grace that ring Yay. You want to know another guy who has slept on? You want to know? You want to know? You want to know? You want to know? What am I going to tell you right now? Roy Jones Jr. This guy is probably the most slept on fighter. Period. Period. Like, I would like to say, um, at the time when he was at his prime, which would have been like the late 80s, No, not, sorry, sorry. The late 90s, early 2000s, boxing was shifting. So boxing, in general, if you go from the 90s back in time to when it was first founded, a common factor was it was mostly a big man's fight. It was a heavyweight. People only wanted to watch the heavyweights, to be honest. It was because of guys like Floyd and Sugar Ray Leonard, and also I would say Manny Pacquiao. But mostly, I would say Floyd and Manny Pacquiao's area where people started to focus on the lighter class classes because of their punching ability. It was faster, and their abilities to avoid punches and stuff like that. Floyd helped with that, but also you know who helped with that? Roy Jones Jr. See, Roy Jones Jr. slept on because this guy fought in four or five different weight class. He was in the middleweight. He was in the super middleweight. He was in light heavyweight. He was in cruiserweight, and he was in heavyweight. So he was fighting with the big boys, and he was fighting with the guys in the middle, the mediums, and he was holding his own. Like his hand speed, crazy. His athleticism, ridiculous, and he had good movement and good um, reflexes as well. I think he was heavyweight. He was undisputed light heavyweight champion with the WBA, the WBC, and the IBF titles. So you guys have to understand how crazy that is, and he's one of the best pound-for-pound box boxers. In the sport history of the WBA. Man, like, I'm going to go through his nicknames right now. His nickname was Junior, Superman, RJ, or Captain Hook because he had a nice hook, punch. His stance was orthodox as well as pretty much all the people on my list have stances orthodox. Now let's get into his record. his record. He has a total of 75 fights, 66 wins, 47 by knockout, nine losses, and he came second in the Olympic Games in Seoul, South Korea, which is, and he was a light middleweight in that matchup. You guys understand how ridiculous this guy's hand speed was for his size, his ability to get up to the heavyweight, to go down to light heavyweight, to go down to cruiser and middleweight. All these things, it's not easy to, like, gain and lose weight and be able to maneuver it. For myself, even though I was playing football, sometimes I had to gain a certain amount of weight to, to position. Like, if I was to play... Offensive tackle would have to gain a little little bit of weight. So, like, I'll say 10 to 20 pounds of muscle. And, like, to run with that, it was harder. And then I had to lose it when I was playing tight end. So I had to continue to maneuver the weight. So I know what it is to gain and lose weight based on who you have to – what position you have to be held. But in this case, it would be who you're trying to fight, what titles you're trying to win. That's why he's underrated because people don't understand that factor and who he was facing at that time. He had to face with Bernard Hopkins, who is one of the best fighters in his weight class. James Tony, Mike McCullum, Montel Griffin won. Like what? You guys don't understand these. These are the not easy people to beat not easy people to beat and he was fighting in weight classes i would say that weren't as televised and he made it relevant he was going up against the heavyweights and he brought and shot light the light on middleweight class or the super middleweight weight classes and the light heavyweight classes and the cruiserweights as well so you have to understand that because those weight classes weren't like that. Most people were just talking about heavyweights. He brought he made it more relevant. And he brought it to the smaller guys. He brought the shining light, the limelight to the smaller guys. It wasn't just about bigger guys. You can talk about Chris Eubank as well. He did that. But there's so much people that don't understand how good Roy Jones Jr. was and how underrated his talent was taken. Only like people who were really into the sport of boxing understood how good he actually was. So that was my final pick. Roy Jones Jr. I think he's one of the best and most underrated fighters, just as Evander Holyfield is as well. He's one those two, the last two I mentioned, those two are the most underrated fighters point blank period. This is the DD Fuego show. We're gonna wrap up the show soon with a segment you guys know called wrap it up dd where i sum up the show for you stay tuned y'all stay tuned all right once again it's on this is the end of the episode don't cry don't cry it's okay we'll be back soon but thank you guys for making it to this far i'm gonna wrap up the show for you because this is called wrap it up dd or some sum up what we're talking about. Today, we're talking about My Top 5, which is a new series that we're doing on this podcast. Hopefully, you guys like it. So, today, I talked about the Top 5 Boxers. We talked about Muhammad Ali and his greatness. We talked about Iron Mike Tyson, Floyd Money Mayweather. We talked about the real deal, Holyfield. And we also talked about Roy Jones Jr. All these guys I liked watching. I was a little bit young to watch uh Evander, Mike, and Muhammad, but I saw a little bit of Roy Jones as a kid even though I wasn't really into boxing at that time. I also got to see Floyd because he's in my era. So, these guys are the, I usually watch the tapes on YouTube sometimes when I'm bored or something like that. And it's just fun to watch good boxers. I think boxing if you're not into like going to the gym and lifting weights, I do that anyways. I think you should take a boxing class. Do something like that because it's important to take care of your body. It's important to have a healthy body. And boxing, if you take a boxing class, not to say, like, you have to, like, go fight if you're not into that. You Just do the exercises and the regimens that they do, and then you can get really fit. You can get in shape. You can do kickboxing as well as Muay Thai, which is Thai boxing. You can do these things where you can keep your body in shape because at the end of the day, you only get one body, so might as well take care of it. So you can just go do that, do boxing training for a while, go on jogs and stuff like that, take care of yourself because you want to live a nice, healthy life, man. You got to live a nice, healthy life. I think I'm right with that. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. If you want to do me a favor... And if you share this podcast all over on your social media, because if you care, you will share this. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Anchor, okay? Make sure you do that for your boy, D.D., please. I'm really in the real deal, holy field, so make sure you guys subscribe so I can produce good content for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode once again. Ladies, don't be a toy. Fellas, don't be a soy boy. This is your boy, Dears D, signing off. So just chill till the next episode.